Um, hello, universe. It's the 30th of October. Uh, and it is... Mm, what time is it? It is... Yeah, that time. 9.52. In the p.m. on the 30th of October, <clears throat> in the year of... The one after the year that, uh, that Trump went crazy. So, in that year... We are looking at, <clears throat> well, I've always had sort of a quarrel with this whole manifestation as a human being. I'm not saying I don't enjoy it. I'm not saying I haven't even arrived at some sort of transcendent um, balance for the whole uh, disharmony I felt for so long. I have. But... Why would it take 50 years for that to occur? That's a lot of time. Especially if we measure it in human years and not in like, what, uh, sea turtle years? It'd still be a lot of time. It'd be a sixth of your life. Don't they live 300 years? Okay. The... <clears throat> Discomfort of being human, I guess, never really goes away. And I say this because if ever I had to pick a fucking awful month, October has been that month. And I always look forward to October. October to me is the year sort of guarantee that, well, I will enjoy myself in October. A, it has Halloween. B, it has sports, though that has become a lot less relevant. But C, it has the best uh, wardrobe uh, month period. It has the best natural transition month. The colors of fall are spectacular. There's so much about October that is just programmed to be Perfect. <clears throat> so when all of the side shenanigans that occur in October just happen to pile on, well, fuck, man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to uh, equate the loss of my tennis racket, the loss of my wallet, the spontaneous quitting of my job, the um, walking out of my parents' house during dinner in the middle of a bite, the, um, there was something else that I'm forgetting about. What is it, cat? Um, at any rate, the month of October has been, hmm, testing. And actually, that's not even fair. It's been distracting enough with these kinds of things happening that I've been counterproductive. I just haven't gotten anything done because I've just been reacting to stupid shit I've gotten myself into. I was quitting the job thing. I mean, I don't even know how that's going to play out. I was going to go in there tonight and just start working, but that's kind of the issue over which I quit. 
So I don't know if I want to push that button necessarily, but I was told that that button was available to be pushed and should be pushed just like I've been pushing it. So really, I've got to test that theory one way or another, and tonight I kind of feel like testing that theory. Why I'm not doing more to get a job in the selling the weed industry makes me think maybe I don't really want to work in the selling the weed industry. But i got to do something, and I don't want to work at Home Depot anymore. For a variety of reasons. The spontaneous quitting was in response to the HR director fucking with my schedule, which he does with a lot of people. It's this weird power game that I've never seen somebody play, but I can imagine there are other schedule makers playing similar games in big box stores across America. However, <clears throat> it's a, it, it has cost them three if I go, two if I don't, really of their better employees over petty shit on the schedule. The one thing that big box store employees are looking for at some point is a consistent schedule. And if you start fucking with that after people have been there 15 years, you might lose them. But, I don't know. People have their, uh, hmm, their ways of retaliating against the injustice, injust, injustices they've suffered in life. And if a little tweak of the schedule is a fuck you to the world of imbalances, all you got, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm above it. I do understand it. But I don't enjoy being the pawn of it. And somewhere I figure my karma at Home Depot is just telling me to get the fuck out. Like, literally, what am I still working at Home Depot for? It is irrelevant work. But it has freed me up enough to think through so much of the clutter that was in my head. I just feel like it served its purpose in that way. So it either has to have new purpose or it has to be uh, discarded for something better. Right? Right. <clears throat> what are we, 619 into this? 620? So we're about to hit the birthday mark, and on the birthday mark, what should we be doing? Well, dabbing, of course. Uh-huh, boss. <clears throat> While I hit my uh, brain cells cloudier than they have been, I'm <clears throat> going to apologize for the last episode's misspeak, where I was equating the levels of liar at level one, being those lies that were just kind of uh, uh, obligated to. Level two being the lies that we use to cover up the dumb shit, uh, idiot mistakes, or... Uh, uh, occurrences in our lives and I said that was a gateway to the level 1 lies I didn't mean that I meant it was a gateway to the level 4 lies because I was reversing the levels the point is the next level of lies that are covering up deviant misdeeds that you know you're doing uh, and then the last level was covering up uh, or actually using your lies to manipulate those around you in a way to create a false environment or essentially gaslighting. Um, <clears throat> to me, those second level of lies, the shenanigan lies, can lead to the misdeed lies, which then can lead to the manipulating people lies. That's the train of uh, A to B to C to D, well, more like B, B to C to D, um, that I was trying to enunciate, that I didn't enunciate because I misspoke and reversed my train. So I went from A to B to A, when I should have gone from B to C to D. 
Give me. Pause. Unpause. All right. So I have spent the last probably two weeks uh, chasing down a variety of um, curiosities and trying to solve a little bit where my motivations, especially regarding this uh, this romantic diversion, where they've been perhaps um, cowardly. I don't know. Cowardly is a bad word. But um, um, just docile, maybe. Anyhow, and in reference to all that, I actually have set up, um, I, I, uh, I know how I'm going to proceed, but it took, it took a lot of just getting over myself and understanding that the outcome here is irrelevant. I'm going to act in a way that I know I need to act for myself, and then whatever happens, happens. And I don't know why it took me so long to come full circle to that. I had been there maybe four, five weeks ago, and then cluttered my head up with all kinds of irrelevant nonsense, and then simplified back to, well, there's only one real point of view here on which to act, and going forward there will either mean uh, something... Uh, next step oriented or ceases to exist. And really, I don't give a shit which. Because at some point, moving on for me is about acting in a way that I can define myself as having done the things that I would do in this situation that would matter to me. Period. I know this sounds selfish, but it's not selfish to fulfill the actions and motivations that are closure for you, that's not selfish. That's just getting to crossroads from which you'll either move forward or move on. And I'm stuck in limbo right now. So either this can be considered forcing the action, I suppose, and I think in some ways may turn out to be a complete non-event of, well, if that's the case, then moving on is the only answer I can think of. That's entirely possible. But having taken two weeks to finally come around to that was embarrassing. I just sometimes, and, and it, it was a moment of almost uh, morning meditation that before I was ready to really think about the challenges in my life, I was trying to simplify the things that were cluttered unnecessarily in my life, and I realized this was the one. And once I unwound one thread of, why am I overthinking that part? All of a sudden, why am I overthinking that part? Why is any of this part even in the fucking equation of consideration? Why isn't it this simple? And then, of course, it was. So, once I have actually acted on this, because in no way, shape, or form I'm about to publicize what I'm going to do six days from now, but that's just something on which I look forward to at least reflecting back how my decision to move forward has gone. 
Um, and of course I will share that with everybody in the world because that's what I do. <clears throat> All right. I was going to find my sheet where I took a bunch of notes. I, I figured out a lot about the duality of, of fulfilling certain roles. I think we all come here with a, with a weakness in which we are trying not to fall. And I listed out a bunch of what um, actually can turn into your weaknesses. There's my little notebook. Hold on. Be right back. One, two, three, four, seven, nice. All right. Um, where's my notebook? This guy. Don't need that. Don't need that. Might need that. Might need those. Okay. So, what do I mean? I mean, I think you can get trapped in your own life. Even if, even if you came here in a cycle for abundance, if you end up in... Uh, in direct link with somebody who came here in a cycle of, um, of subjugation, your abundance routine can become a power dynamic upon which you are preyed and codependently uh, associated in a way that, oh, that, um, that can dominate your life and take over your life is what I really mean. Not dominate it, but take it over, direct it, allow for nothing but that dynamic to emerge across your life. And yeah, this is kind of a weird like energy flow thing, but uh, the reason I say this is because I've never really understood codependency. I've always thought, well, why does one smothered individual not just fucking get the fuck out? Or why does one, um, one um, disadvantaged or leveraged um, condition not rise above it and eventually overcome it. That's what humans do. So how does some persistent uh, inequity evolve to the point that it's truly the the glue upon which the entire relationship maintains? It's always looked fucked up to me. But if you came here in a... In a uh, a capacity to experience envy and you run into somebody whose um, whose purpose of being here is to be a provider. Well, that, that provider will do everything they can to try to unsnarl that knot of envy that is overwhelming that, that poor uh, other's life. But that can never be done because the person here trapped in that cycle of envy can't break out of it if they've got somebody willing to just give and give and give and give into a scenario of endless emptiness. And that made me think, well, yeah, fuck, that's what codependency is. It's neither one actually being able to give enough of whatever the other person needs to snap them out of that need. It's just that they have enough instinct to try to maintain that need, they just can never fulfill it. So, that helped me clear up a lot of the ways that we can be trapped on this planet. You can be someone here in abundance and keep cycling into something that tears that abundance apart and really traps you in a life that you did not deserve. 
The same thing can happen to somebody who's here to, to overcome damage or who's here just for recovery. Somebody who, who's here to help others in recovery, I, I, and God rest his soul and all that, but Matthew Perry did a lot about being honest where it comes to recovery. And I will remember him as somebody who's influenced in substance abuse, recovery, uh, honesty mattered. But look what it did to his life. You can be here for forgiveness and be trapped in the ultimate power dynamic that ends up in some level of, of, <laughs> yeah, well, shame, guilt, motivation, envy, grace, jealousy, enlightenment, courage, abomination, inclusion, exclusion, knowledge, power, subjugation, collective outcome, chaos, disorder. I think all of these are ways that you can be here to experience your own um, sensibility. If you are in, in some way accountable to an abomination, what's that like? Seriously, what's that fucking like? Well, I think, I think what I came to know is all soul energy wants to know. We've all decided at some point to be the abomination. And so that made me realize, okay, I now <clears throat> am at peace with forgiving the worst among us. Because I believe in some ways we can only choose paths on which we can become the monster to know how much it matters to always choose the opposite from here forward. In other words, we learn to be graceful by being an abomination. And that's helping me get through a lot of the harsh reality that I'm seeing in people right now that seem to be drawing lines of real distrust, isolation, abandonment. Um, what's the opposite of camaraderie? Um, and <clears throat> I'm not saying this is something that I'm even perceiving correctly, but I'm overwhelmed with it, so I'm trying to equate it to something that I can rationalize. And thinking about people arriving here for, hmm, even not necessarily because these are experiences to be had, but knowing these are experiences available and then falling into them in full force, like, like I did with uh, deception and lying. I still can't believe the level at which I would tell a lie that now seems so, so um, foreign, so just impossible. It's not, even, it's not even an option in the list of things that you're going to say. And, and so having to rectify my life as a, as a terrible, deceptive liar with the one now that is just unwilling to tell anything but base, honest truth. I have now 391 episodes recorded, and I stand by all of it. I don't lie at all. I don't have any deceptive 
tendency in my in my system. I don't want any of it. It's so easy to tell the truth. And it's so easy to be able to say, I'm committed to this now, but I'm willing to change my mind given new evidence, new uh, experiences, new actions, new turns of fucking unbelievable fate in the world. Who knows what's going to change my mind? My mind is not set, but it is based on principles that are set. I will be kind, understanding, forgiving, and a good listener in all circumstances. <clears throat> and that's what I will do. What happens with that turns out is very unpredictable. But understanding these other situations people are in, they don't, they don't seem able to break themselves out of. That's the thing. One of the, one of the weird positions of listening to people exposing themselves on open mic comic night is how many of the real um, uh, borderline personality issues are there. And it's not even so much that as it's, it's just, it's the kind of oversharing thing that in sometimes is funny, but a lot of times isn't. It feels very, um, it's almost brutally honest. But even in that uncomfortable situation, there is something of, of value to be had with the truth that people are trying to attain for themselves. And, and maybe being trapped in a cycle of jealousy is something that is normal for somebody. And to me looks like a painful, you must end this emotional trauma now situation. But other people seem to enjoy the drama of it or something. But... If you were born here to live in enlightenment and you get cast in a situation of knowledge uh, sequestration, censorship, um, uh, the, the weaving of lies into truth to the point it's hard to know what anything is really about, I don't know, that enlightenment part of you is bursting out, I'm sure, trying to find some level of escape but being trapped in the circumstance is perhaps the point if you're here to experience true enlightenment well bursting through the bubble that is this circumstance I believe would qualify alright what is that is that the cat cat's gonna die soon so I'm just throwing that out am I a drama queen am I a mama's boy I'm going to leave that one alone for now. Um, okay. Guilt as a motivating factor to be a better person. This fascinates me. Because I do live with guilt. Now, systemic guilt, I'm quickly abandoning. Because at some point, that is just enabling systemic situations to maintain or to at least have to quarrel through in a way that, um, that those... Systemic uh, latencies uh, have power. No more. Why? I am a good person. I assume everyone around me is a good person. I want to fix why we're being uh, pushed and, and, and hoarded into, into these categories that are combative because I don't believe they exist when we're face-to-face. -face. And then I want to figure out why those who are 
in our representative government are doing things completely outside of the norm of what we're asking for. They don't hold up to any of their promises, and then they go off and do shit that none of us agree with. So, if I can fix those two problems, uh, I too, and I'm here for forgiveness, kindness, and understanding, I will fulfill those necessarily by trying to answer these questions. That's where my life's headed. So, that makes me a drama queen. Yeah, I am a drama queen. I am also a mama's boy. I will explain more on that later. But those are facts that I definitely embrace. We're born into a world of, yeah. And that's the thing. We are born into a world of abundance. We're not taking advantage of it, but it's there. Because we're born into a world of damage. There's no question. Each one of us has been damaged. So we're also born into a world of recovery because we have to recover. We're actually always picking ourselves up from something. So recovery is part of the initiative. Just like forgiveness is. If you can't forgive somebody, then you're just going to push somebody into a world of shame or guilt. Because we're certainly born into a world of shame and guilt. But like I said, I think from those instincts, motivation arises. I really believe that your guilt is something that drives you to be better. Or maybe it's envy. Maybe seeing somebody have something is something that drives you to want that. I don't know. I've always thought of envy as a negative feeling. I don't really envy anything, anybody. I really don't. If I really wanted something, I figure I could probably go get it. So how much envy can I really have? But that doesn't in any way enable grace. I think grace is something that you achieve by having... I think of grace as something that only drops down as necessary. There is no reason to be anything but ethereal, except occasionally you do need to come down and prove that grace exists. Grace is a... a, It's a goal? It's not even a goal. I don't pretend to be graceful. But I notice grace in the world. Jealousy is something that I was never truly jealous. I was always possessive of uh, anybody's uh, failed um, uh, connection with me. Like if somebody didn't want to take a Thai cooking class, that would make me feel uh, jealous in a way that I would think this is something that we should do together, but you don't want to do this, so you want to do something else? No, you know what I mean? Like, I would get in this little cycle of feeling, um, I don't know, disappointed. It just, these petty games that I played when I was so concerned about somebody proving to me that I had value, they're awful. They are awful. So, when I think of jealousy now, I think of why. What, what is weak enough in you that you allow someone else's activity, actions, or non-activity and actions therein have a bearing on you. I don't know. I was weak. Jealousy to me is an indicator that you are uh, you are not being honest. Enlightenment? Uh, yeah, I wish. But I do feel enlightenment at times, especially when it comes to 
being kind. There are times that I think I, the whole experience with Lily took kindness and forgiveness to a whole new level. So I do think there was some enlightenment there. Courage, I'm building it, but I have yet to ever really feel true courage in the moment. Have I been an abomination? Maybe. Certainly in other lifetimes. And inclusion, exclusion. I was trying to think of times when I've been exclusive or have excluded others, and I certainly have. But it's not often, and it's usually coerced. But inclusive, maybe too much. I'm very inclusive. In fact, when it comes to inclusion, I don't think that there's anything I would ever pretend wasn't better in a group environment than, well, hmm, meditation can't be done. There are certain internal pursuits that necessitate the individual, but I'm a big fan of group activities. Uh, knowledge, power, subjugation, collective outcomes, chaos, and disorder. I don't, I don't know why we're born into a world filled with so much chaos and disorder. Some of it, some of it is manufactured. Some of it is enabled. Some of it is just dumb luck. But we're also born into a world filled with natural wonder and beauty and awe and just the chance to think through things in a way that is almost self-indulgent. I don't deny how much I take from this world. But I figure if I signed up for planet fucking Earth, right? If I really did that, I really thought this was worth it. Well, I got to take something back from it. And if that's the experiences I have with other people and the meaning those bring into my daily routine, well, I guess that's why you'd sign up for this thing, right? I don't know if we want to go through the rest of these notes. Maybe I'll save that for the next episode. I know 19 was disappointing, so 20 is probably about as much as you can handle at this point. So, let's see if there's one good question left on here. Um, I like this. <clears throat> I like that one of the reasons we are tending toward um, an insane society is the enablement of the fuck you man life. In other words... It's pretty easy to say fuck you, man, to everything and still kind of be sustained by society. Does society need that? I don't know. I don't know. Well, what about the mild version of that? The, well, it's my life, people. It is your life. But because you're here, it's all of our lives with you. Sometimes I think we've lost track of that here in America. But then there's the... Um, well, the disconnects from history are real. And then there's the too-good-mothering influence. If you are given so much good mothering that you expect it, well, then you've never learned that sort of reparative guilt trigger that tells you shit goes wrong, but shit gets fixed. And one of your true enlightenment ego-building foundational stones of this is who I am belief is in fixing shit in your life. But if all you do is expect others not to let things get fucked up, well then all you'll do is blame other people for shit when it goes wrong. And that 
Well, that's just a weakness of character. Really. Because a lot of times shit goes wrong and nobody's to blame. It's just there for you to fix. And if you're not willing to just fucking deal with it, well, I don't know, society does need you.